times you think you can't speak, but you realize you never lose your voice. This is the Wayward Podcast. <laughs> All right. Okay. There's, oh, no, that's, that should work. Those look like good Ooh la. Yeah. Yes. Hi, Brianna Buckmaster. Hello, Kim Rhodes. I'm oh. going to twiddle my ear. It's a scientific term. I'm going to slip. We're scientists already. <laughs> already. I just, well, I was at the gym. Kim and I were at the gym this morning. It was actually kind of nice walking to the gym. I was like, look at all the SBN ladies here. It was nice to see all the women uh, working out before work. And while everybody acknowledging each other, everybody's still doing their own thing. Yep, it you know? was the most... Okay, so we'll get to a topic, but sure. we were at the gym. We're in a hotel because we're doing a convention this weekend. Yes. And um, you were there, Lisa Berry was there, and I was there. And for a moment, I almost wanted to take a video because we were each doing such quintessentially us yeah. things. Like, Lisa Berry is down she's and following in and, and on dirty and she's got the and, and she's like leaping from yeah. foot to foot yeah. while the other foot stays up in the air like she's defying gravity yeah. and you're on the the Trainer, the yeah. trainer. So, like, your legs are going, your arms are going, and yeah. you're memorizing lines. Yeah. So you're doing all of the things, all uh, of all the things. Lines, yeah. And I'm on the treadmill, looking like I'm doing <laughs> ten miles an hour. You were, you were running. I was like, wow, she's giving her. Was, but, but listening to Nine Inch Nails and trying so hard not to sing out loud. I was like, she's either listening to Nine Inch Nails or a meditation. Those are your two options when you come with Kim Rhodes. Oh, God, but we were all so so us. funny. I love that. I never thought about that. Oh, God. So, yeah. So, but wait, you're twiggling on your ear. Oh, it's twiggling on my ear. So, I am getting over uh, two colds, actually. Um, which will lead us directly into our topic for today, which is uh, the voice. And so I had a cold, a pretty doozy, kind of like I feel like I hadn't really been that sick all year. And I went from a few years of being sick almost every other month. I was sick a lot for the first few years I started doing these conventions. And this year I feel like I hadn't gotten sick at all. And I can attribute that to a number of things. But I suddenly, all of a sudden, swear to God, I said those exact words, and then my body went, oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, wait a minute. on me. <laughs> Here you go. Um, and I got really sick the week before I was supposed to go to Germany for the Rockwood Music Festival. And I was, you know, taking very good care of myself, really just resting, staying in bed, you know, um, drinking. My husband's very good in the winter months. He makes these massive cauldrons of um, lemon, ginger, turmeric tea and just leaves them on the stove. And so I was just, you know, hoovering that. And I felt like I was really like incapacitated for a day and a half and the rest of it was okay and I felt like by the time I traveled to Germany I was um sniffly but that's about it on the road to recovery on the road to recovery or so she thought and uh and then what happened kind of near the end of the weekend of Rockwood is I started coughing a lot and I had jet lag and I wasn't eating well and I was you know having Kool-Aids and staying up late and talking and talking and talking and talking and singing and singing and singing and singing and then sure as shit at the end of the weekend I completely lose my voice now I'll Uh. preface this with saying like Every year I go to Rockwood, I always lose my voice on that last night. 
not completely, but I, my voice is always very tired, tired enough that I get kind of panicky. So this year, I, I remember sitting at the first meet and greets of the weekend and people will listen to this podcast who went to Germany and be like, yep, yeah, she said that. I was like, I'm going to be good this year. Cause everybody, I went, as I was going around from table to table, the meet and greets, I was you know, clasping a cup of tea. People were like, what are you doing? The first night everybody went out for dinner, I was the first one to leave. People were like, where are you going? Because I'm always the party animal yeah. at this festival. And I was like, nope, not doing it this year. Being responsible this year. That'll learn you. And exactly. And then I <laughs> lose my voice worse than I've ever lost it. Uh, but I'm attributing that to catching a, you know, a secondary chest cold and just general burnout, you know. Um, now... I have, in the past, struggled with losing my voice. Um, I, you know, I t- I've talked about this a number of times on panels. Um, you know, I, I began my career, career doing musical theater, and I love musicals so much. I grew up loving musicals. I went to, you know, school for musical theater. I have a degree in musical theater. And once I started doing it professionally, I realized that I just don't have the vocal stamina for it. And it f- I feel like it was like no matter what I did, I remember doing musicals where I would have to um, go on complete vocal rest. Like I could not talk all day. I would literally save my voice for the, you know, 90 minutes I would use it in a show and that's it. I would steam between shows. I couldn't drink, couldn't drink coffee. And I suddenly was like, I can't sustain this for my life. This isn't fun for me. I love musicals, but I like living life to the fullest, you know? Um, and for me, that means all of the things. So and that was a bummer. That was a bummer for me. And, and that's part of the reason why I feel so grateful to have music back in my life because of, you know, these conventions, because of Loud and Swain, because of Jason Mann's. Um, but when I, I remember the first big musical I did was Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. And I was playing Belle. And it was a very, it was my first lead role in a big musical. Um, and I was very nervous about being cast as Belle. I was very, very nervous. I'd never, you know, been the star of a show. I'd always been kind of the second banana or now, something. At, now, was it the size of the role or was it also the stereotype of who Belle is and you feeling like that might not have been... Like I wasn't Belle? No, I mean... I did feel that. I was surprised by that, but I don't remember feeling insecure. I don't remember feeling like I wasn't beautiful enough to play Belle or that I wasn't, you know, a sought after woman. I did find it curious that I was getting cast as Belle because I was, you know, in my 20s as a size 10 was like still not the epitome of beauty, you know. Um, But I just, I did not, you know, I, I didn't grow up with training. My parents couldn't afford it. I used to beg them for singing lessons because all my girlfriends who sang had singing lessons and they just couldn't swing it. So I I learned how to sing off the radio. Um, And when I was in theater school and I started getting lessons as part of my, you know, curriculum um, was individual singing lessons. I learned quickly that I really didn't know how to sing. I knew how to sound good, but I didn't know how to sing. Yeah. Um, and so I learned how to sing a bit in 
musical theater and they were trying to teach me vocal health, but I didn't like the way my voice sounded in the way they were teaching me how to sing. So I, I was, you know, I was 18 or something. I was like listening, but wasn't listening. But then when it came to performing, um, pe- people were quick to tell me I wasn't very good. Oh yeah. In that role and that role specifically. And I remember doing that role and I felt like I was a good actor. I felt like I was a bell. I was a very like, don't fuck with me kind of bell, which was kind of a fun, you know, take on that character. Um, but you? Yeah. A don't fuck with me character. What? what? That's strange. Um, and so there, the I feel like there were, you know, girls who maybe thought they could play the role better or audience members who thought this is a curious choice for this character. Um, anyway, I felt very insecure vocally in that role. And then sure as shit, I get a cold in the middle of the run and completely lose my voice. Ugh. And the cast and crew knew, but the audience, we never told the audience members. So when I go out on stage for a show, I open my mouth and like it's like a nightmare nothing comes out I open my mouth to sing Little Town and it's just nothing comes out it's like when you're you know on stage with you naked and so I remember in the curtain call um I came out and the audience like didn't clap for me because they thought I was terrible obviously because I came out on stage and was like no I couldn't sing I couldn't play the role they were like who's this I paid you know $70 or whatever a ticket to see this person oh who my can't god sing. oh my god yeah so so you know fast forward to Rockwood this week this weekend when I had lost my voice and I remember running up to Jason Marins just in tears just being like, I don't think I can perform tonight. I just, I tried warming up. I tried going through my songs and just get, getting worse and worse. Obviously, my chords were swollen. And the more I sang, the more swollen they got. Um, and he's like, oh, my God, you killed it this weekend. You brought the house down this afternoon. You're done. Rest. Enjoy. And I was like, inconsolable. And he was like, I, why are, I don't, why are you so sad? And so I, I was telling the story to, to Billy and to Jason. It's just going, I have a lot of... Um, self-worth and some identity uh, as as a performer wrapped up in my voice. Mm-hmm. And I told Billy this story from Beauty and the Beast. He's like, well, do you think that's when all of your triggers began? And I was like, oh, I think it might be. And it wasn't the first time I had lost my voice or the time first time I'd had, you know, vocal things going on. But it was definitely the first time where I was like, oh, this is awful and I will not forget this, you know? So, um... That's something that I am now choosing to look at. I had, I've seen like ear, nose, throat doctors before. I've had scopes before. I've had nodes before. They were related to serving tables in loud restaurants. I was not performing when I got vocal nodes, which is so funny. Um, but now I'm like, because I'm reinvested in music again, I don't want this to keep happening. So what happens, and you know, Kim and I were talking about this, is like, the strangest thing, and those of our listeners that have lost their voice might have experienced this, when you lose your voice, there is this kind of terrifying thing that happens that's not related to music at all. It's your inability to communicate with the world. You truly lose your voice in every sense of it, not just to the sound and the timber that comes from your body, but also just like, I can't express myself I can't express my needs my wants my desires and that's a kind of terrifying thing that's a very important realization to make Mm -hmm. because there's a 
segment of our population that I am very familiar with that live in that. Yeah. And and being told you can't as opposed to being told you can just do it a different way. Mm. You know, the the idea of the voice being our primary mode of communication is um it's deep. Mm-hmm. Like we are not solitary beings. Mm-hmm. And the second you shut down that that expression, like I my my first is very funny. My relationship to my voice is I was a I was a tantrum thrower as a kid. Mm. And I would oh, throw such because I would just scream because I would be so full of feeling and so full of pain. I would to the point where bless my parents. Now I can say this with a great deal of love, but our listeners may be horrified to hear this. They would like put me on top of a shelf and say, we're not going to come back and get you until you, oh, until yeah. you quit screaming. Eh, you they know. locked me outside once and drove off in the fridge. Like it may have just been, yeah. it was, it was, it was, <laughs> it was the seventies. They were doing the best they could. This is a different time. Um, man, but my, just that my need to be heard. My husband has the same thing. One of his first like report cards says, Travis has a need to be heard. And I don't know if it's so much the need to be heard as it is the need to connect. And when you take away my voice, I'm isolated. Yeah. You know, and that's that's such an interesting thing that we, A, I mean, my brain has gone into autism and the, the phrase nonverbal yeah. as opposed to non-speaking. There, it's just that may not be... The Speaking is not the way they communicate. Yes, that's what nonverbal means in the community. Yes. Okay. Well, not nonverbal is is a you can't. Non-speaking is you have other preferred methods of communicating. So, from what oh. I understand, the phrase nonverbal is not a compliment. And it is not, it's like, it's like, quote unquote, this is the air quotes. It's like severe autism. There's no autism is autism is autism. There are different symptoms. I see. Okay. And to someone who's neurotypical, they may perceive those symptoms as harder or less hard and therefore severe or less severe. But that is not how the community that I'm in contact with Mm -hmm. prefers to say it. Mm -hmm. So nonverbal. Um, not true as I find with my child who was defined as semi-verbal in other words she can talk but mm-hmm. I was told she never really would like talking oh she really? prefers to bark she prefers to you've met her she prefers her body she communicates physically right she does yeah I However, wouldn't I mean I don't I don't know obviously but when I met her I was like she's very communicative well what's happening yeah is that now she's 12 She's being given vocabulary words. And now she's using things. It wasn't that she didn't want to talk. It's that she only wanted the right word. So she'll say things like, well, that's ominous. (laughs) Of course she I'm feeling very dubious. Oh, man. She also is. I made Lisa look at this entire conversation of gifs, gifs, those things. Yes, gifs. She's incredibly nuanced with her visual communication. So... In this arena, back to the topic, yeah. her voice is not necessarily something she needs her vocal cords with. She's learning to have a voice and to make connections in alternative ways. Mm-hmm. And I think moving into that as a society mm-hmm. 
is really fucking important because the experience you had, you know, you used the word shame. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we feel shame when we can't connect to another human being. Yeah. Like, oh my God, no one should, no one should feel that. And I feel like, to clarify, I feel like my shame was wrapped around, um, an insecurity with my lack of knowledge and skill with a talent. I know, but underneath that, maybe yeah. I know you. Yeah. Like, I know you really fucking well. Yeah. If you can't do something, yeah. chances are you go, all right, I'm going to get better at it. Right, right. You don't move into shame easily. Yeah, yes. You're so true. I true. think that the, the awareness around the ability is probably the top layer mm. of something very deep about worth yeah. and connection. Yeah, and it's funny that, like, even with, you know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about, oh, yeah, and so with your voice, when you lose your voice, there's no way to go, oh, I'm just going to find another way. Yeah. Your voice is gone. It's yeah. just like you have to sit and you have to rest, and that's one thing I'm really bad at, and my husband will attest to this. He always makes fun of me. Is like, if I'm really sick, I'll go, okay, I won't go to spin class today. I'll go to Pilates. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not good at resting, and when I do rest, I feel lazy. I'm really bad at resting. Um, I remember talking to Lisa Berry about that once and she's like, you need to read this book. It's called Rest and I haven't read it yet because I'm like, I don't have time. time. No, I haven't sat down to read it yet. (laughs) Um, Get right on that. Yeah. So yeah, there's definitely stuff around constantly making myself busy and all that. But um, even with the voice, I was like, I lost my voice. The first thing I did was like, I called my doctor. I'm like, I need to, I need to get, you know, she got me an appointment with the ENT doctor. Action. It was still just like constantly like trying to move instead of going, hold on. What is this all about? So in the energetic world, if we're to talk about, you know, the, the chakra system, the voice is located in the third chakra is the throat fifth. chakra. It's the fifth. Yes. Oh, it's this way. Right. Yes. And so what is associated with the, the fifth chakra? Grain communication. Yeah. That is your voice. Yeah. And, but also. It's also truth. Yes. It's also honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, that is where your, like your heart center, like the energy moves up, right? Yeah. So the closest ones are your third eye and your heart center, which convene. Uh-huh. So your love Mm-hmm. You know, not your emotions, because mm-hmm. that's further down in your solar plexus, but your love, your higher set, and then your image and view of the world yes. convene into here. So if you're not freely expressing your truth, mm-hmm. um, it can constrict. Do you know what's funny? Okay, so you know I'm not, I don't love, this year it's been different, but I'm not a big, I'm not big into public displays of emotion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um... And I don't judge other people. That just for me, I feel like... Oh, please. If you judged other people... Yeah. Hi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not... I don't have a weird thing about other people. It's just for me, I just... I feel... I always feel like I'm taking up other people's time if I emote publicly. I'm always like, no, no, no. This isn't about me. This is about everybody else. So what's funny is that the thing that really actually, you know, was the fucking cherry on the Sunday was... I lost my voice singing a song. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a bunch of stuff, but I know the moment I lost my voice was singing a song from Waitress that I really deeply related to. <laughs> and I could feel... But see, look at me. I'm already crying because yeah. I know the song you're yes, talking yes, about. Yes. 
And so it's, I, I could feel, I remember I was introducing the song and I was like starting to cry and you can see in the, in the YouTube videos, <laughs> and I was like, nope, nope, nope. And I can even right now I can feel it in my throat. You're just, you know, yeah. that thing when you're through, when you try to keep yourself from crying and you swallow it down, swallow it down, swallow it down. And then you try to fucking, you know, belt what, a C or whatever it is. What you're literally is. doing is closing mm-hmm. your muscles to prevent the emotion, right? Because yeah. the emotion's starting down here yeah. and it bubbles up through your heart. So now you're with it and it gets to your, th- like that's, I mean, I, 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 that's how we do that. That's why I vomited the very classic story. Of, right. I used to throw up. Oh yeah, tell, when tell I that story said, if, you're, if you're comfortable telling Well, it was, it, I, I was uh, in grad school singing and it was the first time I sang in front of class and I was very, Frightened, so your shoulders close off, right? You, you when when I'm frightened, I close my body physically to protect my heart. So my shoulders tense, my my chest caves in, and I I get tiny because I'm scared. Which means you're only mm. breathing from way up here, mm. and so there's no support because there's no because there's tension between your diaphragm and mm-hmm. your voice. So there's no way you can sing, right? So what my teacher wanted to do is open up my chest. And so I couldn't do it physically because I was too terrified. So she had two guys from the class. Now, this is, there's 12 people in my class. We don't know each other very well. So she had two guys grab my arms and pull them to open my chest, which I'm a sexual abuse survivor. So already all of my triggers start going off. Like I'm being, I'm being restrained. I mean, well, that wasn't enough. The 90s. So then she was like, well, get two more guys, lie down on the floor and they'll pull your legs open. (laughs) I can't see my face right now, but it's a face of Oh, I'm laughing so hard, and it was so horrific. So I'm on the floor, and the guys are just, the guys are uncomfortable. So they're joking. So they're like, heave ho, heave ho. Like, they're pretending they're rowing oars. And I'm trying to sing Starting Here, Starting Now from fucking whatever the lame is. Yeah. And I finally just start, I just start screaming, stop, stop. And I ran out of the room, and I vomited. And from then on. Right. Every single time I sang, like, I would, that was the class joke. They were like, have a garbage can handy because Kim's got to sing. Like, I oh. couldn't sing. I couldn't sing in front of... Nobody, nobody... I know. Knew, like, we I know. They didn't know. do that maliciously. I didn't even put as two your friend, and two together. That's horrifying. I didn't put it all together. But the fact was, my f- first trauma root way down in the base, yes, right? Yes. Sexual trauma mm-hmm. in the bottom. Now, it's moving upwards through my energy, through my stomach. And then it gets stuck at my heart because I'm completely compacted and contracted. Well, the only way it can literally explode through and come out of my mouth is by vomiting. Like, it's just so metaphorically, energetically perfect, right? So it wasn't until Saturday Night Special Mm. that I was safe Safe. enough to open my heart. Oh, now I'm crying. See? That I was safe enough to open that, you know, layer right there so that breath and feeling could come up and come out of my mouth when I was singing Mm. through my voice. So now the idea, and even then I was singing angry songs for a long time. Yes. Yeah. Because I can close my throat and do that around the angry shit. And it's only just this last one that I was willing to even further open up my heart. 
and allow the voice. And it's funny because everybody's like, oh, you're really learning to sound good. You're really learning to sing. And I'm like, well, that's because I'm actually opening you're actually my singing. voice. Yeah. I'm letting my voice out. I'm not, I'm still not singing. I'm not like, I don't know how to sing. Sure. But at least there's voice coming out of yes. my mouth now because I'm willing to let it. I'm not trying to originate it just in my voice. Yeah. I'm it's safe enough to start and work. I love that you brought up the chakra system. Yes. Because that's it's really the first thing me. I thought it's like of. ding 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 ding. I ding, mean, ah. if you I don't want to, you know, impress anything upon anybody uh, that. But yeah, it's a nice it's, metaphor yeah. if nothing else. If nothing else is like energy flows and when it doesn't flow, shit like this happens. Yeah, you you shut yourself down. Um I feel it's so fascinating through talking about this. We're just like, oh, it's amazing how really, how much um, emotions come out through music in a way. Oh, well, that's the whole, I remember when, when, because I also went to school for theater, Mm -hmm. and when we went into the whole, why do musicals exist? And they said, the point of a musical is to reach an emotional level where words alone will no longer sustain sustain you, and you must sing. It's amazing. I remember, you know, after I graduated theater school, working with actors who came from straight theater school, who were like, pfft. Musicals, because they just thought it was like you know jazz hands, you know canes. But I said no, I love musicals because I to me there's nothing more emotional, and there's no way I can. I've never been affected that I can recall by a straight play the way I've been affected by a musical. That's me though. but that's why I love musicals. But it's it's interesting to talk about, you know, there there are probably listeners out there who think that they can't sing. And to to remind the listeners that it's singing is not about ability. It is about releasing your emotions into the world, using your voice to let go. So maybe something that we should all take from this podcast is to remember that um, when you lose your physical ability to sing or speak, it does not mean that you do lose your ability to communicate. It doesn't mean you've lost your voice. Yeah, that's true. That's We talk all the time about finding your voice. Yes. Surrender your voice. Let your voice be heard. And I know that I have been so moved by people's voices true. that doesn't necessarily manifest in my ear. Yeah. Like your voice can be in your actions. Your voice can be in, if you are allowing that movement of energy authentically Mm -hmm. to manifest in this world, somehow you are finding your voice. Yep. And stopping it will hurt you. It will. Like it deprives the world of your vital voice because nobody else changes the wavelengths like you can. Mm -hmm. That is purely like your voice is as unique as your fingerprint, Mm -hmm. both literally and metaphorically. So if you don't release your voice and allow it out there, you deprive the world of something that will make it perfect. And you hurt yourself. You physically damage yourself when you won't let your voice come out. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So, ah, buttons. What have we learned from this? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I actually enjoyed that conversation. Me though. too. 
That was I'm pushing buttons here. Oh, look Perfect. at us. Perfect up. Um I I think we learned that we can have tea and turmeric. I don't know. I just I went back to I picked up my coffee cup and I was like Jose keeps a big pot like that just sunk in. Yeah. Jose keeps a big pot of tea just simmering on the stove I all know. the time. Lemonade and tea and turmeric. I don't know what we learned. I saw um, something shiny. I think I think what we we can take away from this is just what you said is like um oh you got Oh god, no, I hit the, the end of a cup. Oh. I used um I instant, used coffee? instant coffee. And I clearly didn't oh, stir it God. very well. You're chewing Holy it. Holy fuck balls. She's awake now, wow. ladies and gentlemen. Gack. Oh, God. That sounds Sorry. awful. Oh, I've had God. two of those this morning. So oh, good luck to everybody at the convention today. Um, I think the takeaway from this is that um, it is important for us all to use our voices. And that voice does not necessarily mean your physical voice. And if you do not have the ability or you have lost the ability to use your physical voice. Or you choose to or use. Or you choose not to. Communicate a different way. Yeah. It does not mean you don't have the ability to communicate your wants, needs, desires to this world. Yeah. yeah. I love you, Kim Rhodes. I love you, Brianna Buckmaster. Dang it, dang it, dang it.